I've been really, really on this journey of wanting to master storytelling, wanting to be a better speaker, wanting to be a better communicator. And, you know, as I've evolved in my life and as my relationships have evolved, as I've um, started a business with Lindsay, I realized that life is almost all about communication. Yeah. Whether it's your relationships, whether it's with your community, whether it's with your boss, whether it's with your team, mm. whether it's with a server, like there's just so many different opportunities we have to live a better life through verbal and nonverbal communication. And I think when we're thinking about growth and self-development and all the work that we talk about on the podcast, people often overlook very small changes that they can make mm. through verbal and nonverbal cues and communications and some of the work that you do. So we're like, all right, read the book, do the things, but there's so much that people can apply to their life today that will make huge improvements. So I'm excited to have you. I think oh. this conversation is going to be juicy. I had the same sort of realization as you where I realized there was like a hidden language being spoken around me, mm. but I was not speaking it. And I think that I, there was a time in my life where I didn't realize why am I so drained? You know, why am I with this person and I don't feel seen? Why are people seeming to be on the same page, but I'm not? Why am I sitting here, but feel so lonely? Like I was having these feelings and they were all interpersonal related. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm hustling I'm working so hard. Why do I feel so bad? Mm. Why do I have all these friends and I meet with all these people, but I don't feel seen or heard, or I don't feel like I can be my true self? And that's when I began to realize there was these patterns that very charismatic, very authentically themselves people, they showed up a certain way, right? Like they walked into a room a certain way. They felt a certain way. They made me feel better about myself. And I thought to myself, what a gift. Those very highly charismatic people, and I didn't know this then, but I know this now, Highly charismatic people are contagious. The reason we like being around people who are highly competent and highly friendly is because we catch that competence and friendliness. That when people are their best self, they bring out the best in us. And so I think there's two sides of the conversation today, which I was hoping we could talk about both, which is, yes, I want you to be your most charismatic, warmest, most competent self for sure. That's gonna help people take you seriously. It's gonna help you not be overlooked. But I also think it's a gift we can give to the people in our lives. So if there are people in your lives where you're like, I want my partner to be the, their best self. I want to help my best friend be her or his best self. There's also that aspect that we can be like positively contagious mm. in a good way. Yeah. I love that. I, I The charismatic, that word charisma, mm -hmm. sometimes like in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's the yeah, smooth, smooth snake. Person yeah. That yeah. In the, room. the salesman, you yes. know? And but, I always have that accent. But <laughs> the way you described it, I'm like, yes. And I'm I'm wondering like what the, it's probably a little bit nuanced where what is the like core mm -hmm. either belief or core aspect of that charismatic person that doesn't toe the line of like yeah. too- Smarmy. Yeah. Smarmy. Yeah, yeah, a little okay. too okay. much. So there's research on this. So I'm going to talk a lot about, I'm obsessed with science. I'm like research. Those are audience. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, so- the research says that highly charismatic people rank very high in two specific traits. And this is important, I think, because a lot of the time when we think about charisma, we don't really know how to define it, right? It's like, it's like this, like, oh, this magical sort of quality. And it can very easily go into smarminess. But actually what the research shows is those people who are highly compelling, very captivating, very charismatic, mm -hmm. they are off the charts in warmth. So warmth is like likability, trust, friendliness. Like we immediately feel like, yes, you are my person. And at the very same time, competence. And they have to be a perfect balance of both. So competence is not just book smarts. It's actually capability. 
It's getting things done. Mm-hmm. It's being able to be relied upon. And so the reason why it's so that's so magical is because it is very hard to hit both trustworthy and impressive, both friendly and likable and capable and competent. That's that magic sweet spot. But the good news is, as research shows, it can be learned. Yes, there are people who are born naturally charismatic, but we absolutely can learn it. We can learn to balance out those two traits. Mm. Have you ever had someone ask about, am I being fake? I could hear some people in our audience being like, well, I don't want to be fake. That feels fake to do that. Here's the good news is we know fake. We smell fake. We spot fake, right? Like, first of all, from from an intrapersonal perspective, being fake is exhausting. I could teach you how to fake being warm, but there is nothing worse than pretending you like someone that you don't. Like maybe you can do it for a lunch, but we know like if you're pretending to like someone, if you're faking warmth, it is exhausting and very hard to keep up. Second is, it's exhausting for us, but also mm-hmm. people smell it. Yes. Yeah, like, oh, it's so, Like let's just talk about a couple of cues you cannot control, okay? So people who are faking competence, faking that they know something, it's very hard to do that. And it usually leaks. One of the cues that we cannot control is our blink rate, for example. And research finds that people who are guilty or sometimes in deceit, like they're deceiving us, or very, very highly anxious, their blink rate speeds up really, really fast. They just blink really fast because they are so anxious that they're trying to have time Mm. to process. Wow. So that's that's a cue we cannot control. So if you are trying to fake competence, it's going to leak out. So I would much rather you say, okay, I want you to have the kind of people in your life who you actually like and you want to show them that. And there's people you actually want to give competence to as well. That's, I think, the that's an assumption I hope we can make is that, and we can talk about getting rid of toxic people because I think that's the first thing you got to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you could say that it's on a scale almost mm-hmm. where some people just engage in the scale of competence and warmth differently mm-hmm. than other people, but it has to be authentic to you. Yes. And right off the bat, one of the first things I do in the book is I ask you to evaluate where you think you are in warmth and competence. Where do you lean? The way that I think we're authentic is we find like our flavor of charisma, right? So while, yes, highly charismatic people are warm and competent, we all have different flavors and that's good. So for example, there are quiet, powerful introverts who rank a little higher in competence. They can still be warm with the people they care about, but they're quiet and contemplative and powerful. And that is charismatic. There's also my bubbly extroverts who lean a little higher in warmth. Now they're smart and they can get it done, but they default to being friendly and likable with the people they actually like. And their bubbliness is their flavor of charisma. Mm. So those are both highly charismatic, but honoring our flavor, identifying where you fall on that scale, what's your default? And by the way, also what's your default in fear mode? So one thing I don't get to talk about in the book, which I I think we should talk about here is like, what do you do on your worst day? Mm -hmm. So like, I've noticed that people, when they're really anxious or they're really nervous, I, I struggle with a lot of social anxiety, we default to one or the other. So people who in fear mode go to warmth, they get really giggly. They, they become bobbleheads. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you know? So yes. That's, yeah. de- that, that's because, oh my gosh, I'm losing myself. I'm losing myself. Just do something. And they'll default to really high warmth and they walk away. And my students tell me, I, I walk away and I'm like, why was I laughing so much? Mm. I agreed with everything they said. It's because they went to warm. The other side is people who default to competence in fear mode. So this is what I do in fear mode. So when I'm really anxious, I just like drop as many facts as I could possibly think of. I 
I try to be as impressive as possible. And then I become like very robotic. I criticize. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I criticize. <laughs> I'm like, what's could be changed? <laughs> I like it. Right. So that like that's good to know too. It's like, what do you do on your best day? What do you do on your worst day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can imagine that it changes with different dynamics. So, you know, a charismatic person who you describe as being balanced. I can imagine that there are certain people in their life relationally that have a hard time with how they are because holding the pose of that balanced charisma, Mm -hmm. if it feels natural, must be easy for that person. But Mm -hmm. to have people in your life, maybe these are toxic people Mm -hmm. who project onto your charisma, who Mm -hmm. aren't able to really metabolize that type of person. What do you suggest? Yes. So my highly empathetic feelers, my feelers, my sensitive feelers who are listening, this is a real problem for you. Because what happens is you'll have someone who's, okay, I'm on the charisma scale. I'm a little higher in warmth. And that's where I am naturally. That's where I feel like my most authentic self. Yeah. But they're really empathetic. And so someone comes into their world, a partner, a best friend, a toxic person, and their empathy makes them match. So all of a sudden, their toxic boss or their toxic colleague who's super high in competence, you're like, I want to be like them. I want to honor them. And so your empathetic nature pushes you into an area that's inauthentic. You force yourself to try to match where they are. And then you're exhausted and burnt out and overwhelmed and stressed. You don't realize it. So I actually think it's like a superpower gone wrong. Mm. But highly empathetic people, they flex a lot in the charisma scale. So when we talk about this in the book, like you can flex with different people. You can match your partner to honor them. But my highly empathetic people, it's like a superpower that goes too far because you give up yourself. It's like you're putting your own needs aside because you're trying so hard to match them. I think that's a beautiful thing, but you have to find your end. You have to find your limit. And that takes some serious self-exploration. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.